This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's up, Wildcats? Welcome back to the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast. Cody, all the way in for Denver. What's up, dude? Glad to be here, man. Dude, it's been, I feel like it's been a long time coming. We were talking Energy Tech Night, um, just about like the the Denver energy tech scene. You know, it's it's been booming for quite a long time. We're talking about our, our mutual friend, Jim Thorson. Jim Thorson, if you're listening, he's an OG in the space. I mean, this guy like knows everybody who's anybody really in energy tech. Uh, oil guy, kind of turned, uh, you know, VC, invested in a lot of tech companies. Uh, so shout out to Jim. Yeah. Yeah, I've had coffee with Jim a couple months ago and he got me connected to some really great people and um some really great events coming up and yeah uh, he's a great guy to talk to and just like you said he he just knows everybody <laughs> so so at ETN I was like we were talking and I just I wanted to ask you so many questions about well information technologies but I was like I know we're going on the podcast yeah. in 2 days let's save all the questions so for everybody listening and for me because I still have no clue what you guys do which is wonderful I love coming to these this way. Uh, what is well information technologies? Yeah. Well information technologies. We built the well information technologies app. Uh, we call it the wit app. Uh, it's cloud-based job reporting tool for oil and gas. Uh, the main goal is to, is to make it so, uh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the phone guy threw me off a little bit. Um, so the main goal for the WIT app is to uh, improve on the shortcomings that some of the older technologies in the space, the older, older software solutions um, haven't been able to keep up with. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're targeting the point of data entry uh, in the field so that the data comes in clean, ready to work with. Mm -hmm. We're not um, digging into like the sexy AI machine learning. We're focusing on capturing the majority of like the eyes on task information. Uh, so we started focusing with well maintenance, workovers, capturing the equipment, what equipment is going in the hole, what equipment's coming out of the hole, what condition is it in, the stuff that can't be measured with sensors or gauges. Um, we do have some um, some AI machine learning on our roadmap that's going to really uh, speed up and improve and separate us from the solutions that are currently out there. Uh, but we want to make sure that we get this right because that information is necessary to help the other solutions that are targeting um, AI and machine learning, and they need to know the pump depths and what equipment's in the hole mm -hmm. for their algorithms to work and be accurate. So the end consumer is, I'm assuming the OFS companies? The end consumer are the EMP companies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's, um, yeah. Okay. So EMPs are using this. Walk me through really quickly and then we're going to kind of go into your backstory uh walk me through like how how are things traditionally done without what you guys are doing so if you're a smaller company you're tracking everything in excel mm -hmm. you've got your well file on your computer going way back um 
everything was done on with pen and paper got some historical well files that it's like carbon copies of of handwritten daily mm-hmm. reports um i forgot the question so how is it traditionally done so are you guys oh, yeah. so is it is is the focus on everything downhole? So like kind of either 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 generating or just kind of capturing what's downhole to kind of create some sort of like wellboard diagrams so that you understand what you have in the hole across every hole. Yep. Okay. So it's so it's wellbore by wellbore, all the jobs that um, that are specific to every wellbore. And so how it's done now, um, the solution, the main solution is Wellview. Yeah. So that's what we're targeting, um, and. Wellview is so robust. It's complex. And there's a lot of, you can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. But if there's, if there's no consistency with how the information is captured, then it makes it really hard for the end user of the data to go and clean it up, um, find what they're looking for, it's it's really complicated um, and really time consuming for them to just get an answer. Mm-hmm. And so, with what we're doing, how we're capturing that information, focusing on the on the data entry from the field, we are able to speed up that process so that you can have your KPIs, you can know your average runtime across a field or for a single well, whether it's improving or moving in the wrong direction um so you can make the right changes to improve that like you have the ability to make those decisions quickly and with confidence because the data that you're seeing coming in real time is the real actual data you don't have to query tubing spelled out correctly or abbreviated mm-hmm. do another query on guessing on how many different ways you can misspell it with the risk of missing because uh, I, I don't i don't know i haven't touched the wellview product in i don't know probably eight years um do they even have a, a data capture product to be able to capture kind of at the point of entry or is it all kind of secondary you know, that gets put in and then you have to interpret that yeah um so so it, it gets put in from the field um the thing with the thing with the solutions now is it's mostly on the the customer to build out how the processes and how they want it. Um, one of the kind of key flags to target this solution was there's a business ecosystem just built supporting Wellview. Like there are successful businesses reporting Wellview uh, or reporting supporting Wellview. Yeah, there's a lot of consulting businesses that literally just like Wellview consulting. Right. Yeah. And so why do you need that? Because it's complex and yeah. complicated to work with. Uh, so we're trying to make something that's super simple to use, um, easy to access. You can directly link to your data. You can integrate your data with whatever solutions um, whatever other solutions you're using and um but simple is not easy yeah and so i think simple is also always harder yeah seems easier 
but it is harder, which is, which is interesting to me because a lot of times let's just use shameless plug for uh, our sponsor of the show combo curve. They took something like Aries, which was uh, most people would say was kind of lacking in, in, in certain kind of feature sets and abilities. And they go and they do make certain things simple, but it is very, very like robust and they do it in a very like streamlined way. Whereas with this, I guess it is kind of similar in, in some ways and maybe different in other ways, but this is, you're taking something that's like so, so, so robust and then streamlining it in a way that's making life a little bit easier. So you're kind of like stripping out some of the, maybe the unnecessary stuff to yeah. make their lives easier. Exactly. Um, yeah. What uh, Jeremy and Armand have done with Combo Curve is exactly the goal of what Wealth yeah. Information Technologies is to, to Wellview. Those guys are crushing it. Shout out, shout out to Combo Curve. Yeah, so job. before we go any further, what, what's your background? How'd you start in the industry? And then let's walk up to this idea. Yeah. Uh, Colorado School Mines grad. Um, I don't think we've had a lot of school of mind guys on here. You could be, you could be one of the first. Greg Milligan. Greg Milligan. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Greg. Um, yeah, there's been a few others. We've had some great people on the podcast. Um, but graduated Colorado school mines, uh, moved to Montana, worked for an operator in Montana, super familiar with Wilson basin, got to see it. Um, just explode during mm -hmm. the boom. Uh, came out in 09 and started cutting my teeth and then just. So you engineer? Yep, engineer. Okay. So operations engineer with SM Energy for uh, five years and moved back down to Denver um, for a job with Enterplus Resources. Mm -hmm. Did some more um, production engineering work and then I moved to the reservoir team. So with my operations experience, I was able to see how information was captured from the field and also be an end user. So I was doing a little bit of both. And then in the reservoir world, I was, uh, I was purely just trying to pull as much information as I could. Uh, and so I really got to see the difficulties with that. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up finding myself shooting all over myself can't mm. remember where i heard that from but i think it's a great great way to describe it um saying like this should do this or this should do that and slowly started to realize there's an opportunity there you said shooting shooting okay yeah <laughs> said, i thought you said you were shooting all over yourself yeah. like oh god nope this shooting. is a great story i can't wait to see where this yeah. goes <laughs> uh, um but yeah just saying constantly saying should wishing all these things would be better mm -hmm. and then i started thinking like well why not me yeah and you started seeing some of these new technologies enter into the space and um and that why not me started to grow a little bigger but it still was still intimidating and scary um and then finally it was asking myself well you're, I'm not going to be the only one with this idea. Am I going to kick myself? How hard am I going to kick myself mm -hmm. when I see somebody else doing it? Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I, it finally dawned on me, like, I have to do this. Yeah. So was this something that you started, were you kind of like paralleling it for a while? Or was it like, I'm out, I'm going all in, kind of day one, I'm going to develop this app. Like, walk me through that. Yeah, it was... Uh, 
I started kind of trying to pull pieces together and looking into my network to see like what resources I had to actually build an application. And so the paralleling piece was just a lot of like sketches in a notebook mm -hmm. and workflow process diagrams. Um, and then trying to network to figure out how to actually build this. Was it was like building the process of like building an app as you're kind of going through the research? Was it was it harder or easier than expected? Uh, it was harder. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a learning process. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, I've heard you mention many times like the the no code route, mm -hmm. and there's so many different ways to go about that. Um, and I thought really, I thought I could build it myself, and digging into it. I just realized that because the the application is, I mean, it's not like we're taking on a super niche thing, um, trying to capture the full job reporting piece and then the stuff we want to do expanding off of that. Uh, it made me realize I, I needed, if I'm going to go enterprise and mm. try to replace a solution that's already out there, then I need somebody with more experience. Um, and so I found a, a group called Elastesis that we partnered with, uh, and they've been great to work with. And they're able to scale up um, and scale down based on our needs. And uh, yeah, so I left the job and shortly after was able to get an MVP out the door. And it's exciting. So what we kind of through like commercialization and like kind of where you guys are at, like as a, how long ago was that? By the way? So I left, uh, Interplus at the end of April of last year. Okay. So we're less than a year old. Less, less than a year in. Mm -hmm. How's the, how's the startup life? Startup life is exciting. Mm -hmm. Different type of stress. Gut wrenching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, this saying is overused, but the, the roller coaster of mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, um, feeling like you're going to puke every day. Sometimes puking. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> puking. Um, but it's been great. Like so many people have showed up to support um, my wife, especially like without her support, I couldn't do this. And she, yeah. she's super encouraging. Um, and then just other connections, friendships that I've made mm -hmm. throughout my career. Um, Hulk USA, like stepping up, Matt Smart. Oh, yeah. Uh, helping me out, giving me a place to work outside of the home. Um, just super helpful. And yeah. so, like, yeah, taking the leap is scary, but you realize how strong your network is pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And without that that network and support like i don't know if i'd be sitting here today <laughs> <laughs> so you guys so you, you built the mvp when did you guys finish the mvp or is it done uh yeah i would say we've just finished the M mvp we okay. we went live because we were able to um we went live essentially like middle of summer and we were able to capture all the information we wanted, but not exactly how we wanted for each mm -hmm. discipline. 
Um, and so we just finished out the drilling piece. So we've got drilling completions, well maintenance. We can capture anything from uh, per the start of processing permits to plug and abandoning the well. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to capture that entire workflow. Yeah. Like the entire well life cycle. Yeah. So you've got one place that you can go in and see all that information. We've got built-in scheduling tools so you can see your workover schedule or you can build out your drilling schedule and completion schedule in there. Um, and you can see all that information in, in one place. So mm -hmm. if you have any questions, you know exactly where to go. We want to be the obvious solution for job reporting in the industry. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Combo Curve. If you haven't heard, Aries and PhD went around and Combo Curve is in. Combo Curve is the cloud-based operating system for energy companies. The single integrated platform helps your engineering teams become more agile, precise, and efficient than ever before. For the first time ever, you now generate type curves and forecast thousands of wells accurately and in a fraction of the time. Oh, and it can automatically run these forecasts every single day. What I love most about the Combo Curve team is their work ethic and actually caring about their customers. Every time I talk to the team, Armand, Jeremy, everybody else over there, they're reinvesting into growing the development team to tackle any challenges that their clients may be facing. But don't take my word for it. Go over to combocurve.com, read the dozens of testimonials on their website from clients like Arm Energy, Laredo Petroleum, Rock and W Minerals, and many more. Request a demo, and these guys will get you taken care of. So with, obviously, oil and gas, we're blowing and going. We're at what $94 WTI or like gas is all over the place. I don't know. It could be $450 right now. It could be $6 in like an hour. Um, things are great, right? In terms of like commercialization, talking to EMPs, getting out there, you got the, EMV, uh, the MVP. How has like reception been so far? Man, momentum has picked up. Yeah. Like it is essentially November, December started getting a lot of interest. People, mm -hmm. um, people responding to the outreach that we've made, uh, the plugs that I put in shortly after I left, I left my job, uh, in the fall, people were starting to ping me and say, Hey, like, where are you at with this? And <laughs> can we, can we get a demo? And so it's been really, it's been really cool. I thought, you know, sort of being less than a year in getting used to the sales cycle and, mm -hmm understanding how dead it gets around the holidays i was concerned i like lost december and january is like oh man crickets man. yeah um and i yeah i was just like plugging away as much as i could because we wanted to get this stuff out and um i thought i thought i lost all momentum yeah and then middle of january things picked up quickly uh and it's been really cool to see like had I had I had started a year earlier, mm -hmm. I don't I don't think people were aware of the need mm -hmm. um, to make a change. Yeah, and now I think it's kind of front well, and center with what you guys and and let's talk about the sales cycle a little bit. We we haven't really talked a whole lot, like gone deep into kind of the sales side of of startups recently. Um, so I want to kind of get back into that. Of you know, you're tackling it. who because it is the whole well life cycle. Who are the people that you are talking to who are the champions for something like this internally to, to get them to want to be able to, to demo it and to, then to trial it and hopefully use it. Yeah. It, it depends a lot on the size of the company. Yeah. 
so bigger companies we're looking for um we're looking for niche projects so like pna campaigns um that type of stuff for the majors mm -hmm. um for the midsize and and some of the smaller companies uh we've been focusing a lot on the production teams because they're the ones that are that from my experience that's where a lot of the frustrations seem to occur mm -hmm. uh the drilling side completion all that information there's great products out there that are capturing that information and so we can the goal is to not duplicate any data entry mm -hmm. so we can work with uh like the Paysons and Well Data Labs or whatever frack companies you're using mm -hmm. to bring in the completions information uh, into our application. So it doesn't have to be duplicated data entry and risk of... Um, Can you automate some of that kind of stuff from, yeah. from Payson or from... Yeah. 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 So we've got... So we're building those relationships to get those APIs built. Um, there's some other good companies uh conduit resources that mm -hmm. um are super helpful with that you can talk that to the cold board guys if you haven't talked to them yeah that'd be a good connection as well yep talk to me about the production side because it, especially in the context of field data capture that is where there's been more legacy products than ever mm -hmm. it seems like there's been a lot of momentum in drilling completions and so on recently but if you zoom out kind of go back in time a little bit um you got the p2s you got the forums you've got the Nurses, you know, P2 had acquired Merrick back in the day and Merrick had their suite of products. And so there's been a lot of like field data capture in there. So walk me through some, you're talking about kind of recent frustration with kind of the production side. Walk me through that. Yeah. So we initially started focusing on the production side because, um, you know, when, when this idea was coming to life and I was doing a lot of those sketches, I had noticed that there was a lot of focus on completions and drilling. And then we go, we're going into companies that are cutting those programs in 2019 and 2020. You still got to produce the wells to mm -hmm. sustain your company. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to focus on building something that was more downturn resilient. Uh, so the production side is, is a good place to focus on that. And then it's also where there's the biggest headache of capturing data because it's not the information you're capturing is not measured by sensors or gauges. And so the challenge is how do you, how do you get consistent data entry that you can use right away when it's like an eyes on task mm -hmm. operation? What kind of things are you capturing in the production side? Is it, is it, Let's just say like manual tank gauges, run tickets, uh, it could be pressures, could be uh, water halls, could be. We're focused solely on the jobs. So okay. work over well maintenance. Um, we've got a facilities component on our roadmap. Mm -hmm. um, we want to we wanna be able to handle the full process, um, big picture mm -hmm. vision. But to your to your question earlier, um, so the information that we're capturing, we're capturing the down 
the job specific information. So when you have a workover rig come to the well, what are they there for? When did they start? What activities are they doing? What's the main focus of the job? What equipment are they running? What equipment's coming out of the hole? What condition is it in? So we can capture um, uh, failure mechanisms. Was your reason for moving onto a well different than uh, what actually was observed as the main mm-hmm. cause of or reason that uh, you needed to move a workover rig on that well? Um, where are your failures happening? So when when I as a production engineer, I always wanted and struggled with getting to the point where I could have a real time understanding of my failure frequency Mm -hmm. for the wells that I was in charge of and then streamlining the process of getting procedures out the door and, um, the downhole designs, improving on downhole design. So if we can eliminate, if we can capture data more consistency and eliminate the, um, eliminate any eliminating a a design that caused a failure before but because it wasn't that information wasn't captured in a way that was either able to be seen or um could be misunderstood in some way if you if we can eliminate repeating those same designs mm-hmm. we can improve the runtime of those wells um then we've succeeded. I think one of the biggest problems in the industry, we've talked about this for a long time, is, is data management. And I think because of the lack of quality data, the problem that it leads to is redundancy. It leads to redundancy internally, like we're talking about, of repeating the same mistakes over and over again because you're yeah. not capturing that information. But I think also externally, whenever you sell the asset and somebody else is not responsible for it, and then you have no clue, you're completely relying on them giving over some data. You're not sure of the quality of the data. And so this is interesting to me in terms of, I'm kind of curious how you guys think about it. I think this is a perfect application for something like, um, like, like blockchain, because you would be able to be, create essentially a ledger of things like maintenance, right? So let me give you an analogy. Currently, one of the things that I'm dealing with, unfortunately, is I've got a Subaru STI. It's my, it was like my dream car as a kid. I bought it. I loved it. I've owned it for three years, bought it used. Well, the other day I'm driving home, I spin a bearing, right? Now I got a rod knock, I pull off. I'm under 60,000 miles on my drivetrain warranty. Call up Subaru, they said, hey, we'll replace it. They go through, they tear down the motor, and they just called me yesterday and said, we're not going to cover it. And I said, why aren't you going to cover it? They said, you turned up the boost in the car. You've ordered the warranty. I said, I did not turn up the boost in the car. I have not modified the car whatsoever. The car is completely stock. And they were like, oh, well, maybe somebody else did it before you. And I said, how the hell am I supposed to know that? There's right. no, there's, if, if you're going to turn up the boost, you have to flash an ECU, right? So think about that in the context of anything that has possibly happened on a well, right? That you may not know about that could be absolutely catastrophic to somebody else who's buying that later, right? Yep. And it's that kind of redundancies of like, why don't we have some sort of immutable ledger right? For every single well that ties into every single servicing. So you can literally go in with a billion KPIs and understand exactly from inception to now, 
yeah. what is what. And I know that's like a monumental undertaking, but it's something that I've thought a lot about in this context, at the well level, but also like the title level of like every time you come into bias, companies are going in and running title behind nine other landmen that already run title. Yeah. That level of redundancy is wasteful. Right? Yeah. And there are technologies out there and there are ways to get that to have widespread adoption. So I'm curious, that was a long rant, but that's a little bit of my frustration internally. And I'm just kind of comparing it to, to this space, you know, having done that, having bought wells and understanding that I literally got like three spreadsheets with like practically no information. And yeah. so I'm having to go out there and scour, you know, the OCC and, and various websites and like well database and things like that. So that I have some sort of understanding as to what was going on with this well in the past, right? And still we had maybe 10% of the data that was probably ever generated, if that. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I see that as like zooming out macro, one of the biggest, biggest issues that we have to tackle. And I know some people are like, oh, why am I going to capture all this information? Why do I care about somebody else? Well, it's like, if for the same reason, if you're buying assets, you want good data. So you should probably be good stewards of data internally for yourself. And then also as you're passing it on to the, the next generation, the next operator. Yeah, exactly. And rant over, but no, you're, no, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. What, uh, um, what that's come up in a lot of conversations with um people higher up in companies mm -hmm. they're the flow of data um during a transaction or after a transaction um you can have with whatever solution you have currently you can have company a puts this piece of information in this field. Company B puts this same information in a different field. And there's how many fields that that can be happening with. And then company mm -hmm. A buys company B, even though they're using the same solution, it still takes months for bigger deals, could be measured in years, to really figure out what fields that data needs to go into. Um, and so what a lot of the higher level, higher level folks that I've talked to uh, key in on is that we change the company name, do some things on the back end, and all that information is right there in the same spot it was mm -hmm. previously. Yep. And all those wells are right there. So there's um, a huge amount of time saved from that aspect mm -hmm. like we could do this i didn't initially flag that until uh until i started having those conversations and mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah like it'd be super simple to do that are, are you guys kind of thinking about in that well life cycle uh things like eor that's something that i think i'm i'm pretty bullish on it's not the sexiest business in the world but we're also not necessarily discovering any new major plays mm -hmm. you know and so i think about what is the next frontier if we want to somewhat you know maintain some sort of baseline production here in the united states and i think the easiest low-hanging fruit is to go back in to all these existing well bores yeah. whether it be through you know there's a lot, a lot of different methods for you bar but i don't know if that's something you guys are thinking about or something you're handling i know it's not like super wildly popular now but i'm gonna go ahead and just call my shot and say that it will become more over time, unless like Permian Basin 2.0 is discovered, and then everyone yeah. goes and rushes there. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the way we handle that is, you know, if you've got, whether it's an old water flood or you've got wells that are on, are on injection and you're switching off from injector to producer, we can track that and you can mm -hmm. see when a well is on, it is an injector well for how long it is. And then again, um, when it gets turned back to a producer, if you're, if you're swapping out your patterns, um, or anything like that. And so we can track that information there. And for every feature that we have in our MVP, we've got a roadmap to expand off that. And so we could, we can build that piece out, um, on our roadmap for that piece is to be able to capture that, um, that information more in depth and we can adapt to, to the needs pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of what me through, so are you guys raising money? Are you bootstrapped at this time? Got a large audience of investors here. So if, yeah. if you need some capital, <laughs> let's, let's get them for you. Yeah. Um, bootstrapped up to this point. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where this momentum takes us here mm -hmm. uh, this year. Um, and then, yeah, got a couple, couple checkpoints and we'll see if we get there and until we start raising money. So where do you, let's, uh, so I, I love this because it's, you know, you're still in, you're still in year one. And what I love to do is to come back in year two, year three, mm -hmm. do those follow-ups and just see yeah. how things have gone. Uh, we did one with uh, Taylor Janka um, early on. We were in this closet down the hallway when we first started and we were here and, you know, he had kind of gone through the downturn and he was like open kimono about just, the struggles, right? And they literally shut down shop for a while. They restructured, kind of came out of that better and stronger than before. Mm -hmm. Hoping you guys don't have to go through that because we're blowing and going now, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing where you guys grow and I've really enjoyed the conversation. Excited about well information technologies. Uh, do you guys have a website? We have a website, wellinfo.tech, T-E-C-H. You can also go to wellinfotech.com. It'll just take you to wellinfo.tech. Uh, you can schedule demos straight from the website. Uh, you're on LinkedIn. Are you on Twitter too? Nope, just LinkedIn. There is a Well Information Technologies Twitter, but you won't reach me right now on that. <laughs> All right, so if you want to reach out, um, yeah, go to the website, reach them out on LinkedIn. Cody, enjoy the conversation. Thanks for thanks for making the the trip down from Denver. Thanks for coming to Tech Night, supporting that with you. Yeah, and uh, great. looking forward to catching up in the future. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Man.